0: Section 30 of the Promulgation of Universal Peace, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. The Promulgation of Universal Peace, Volume 1 by Abdul Baha Abbas. Section 30. 6. May 20th, 1912. At Metropolitan Temple, 7th Avenue and 14th Street, New York. Woman's Suffrage Meeting. Notes by Esther Foster. Today, questions of the utmost importance are facing humanity questions peculiar to this radiant century. In former centuries there was not even mention of them. Inasmuch as this is the century of illumination, the century of humanity, the century of divine bestowals, these questions are being presented for the expression of public opinion, and in all the countries of the world discussion is taking place looking to their solution one of these questions concerns the rights of woman and her equality with man in past ages it was held that woman and man were not equal that is to say woman was considered inferior to man even from the standpoint of her anatomy and creation she was considered especially inferior in intelligence and the idea prevailed universally that it was not allowable for her to step into the arena of important affairs in some countries man went so far as to believe and teach that woman belonged to a sphere lower than human but in this century which is the century of light and the revelation of mysteries god is proving to the satisfaction of humanity that all this is ignorance and error nay rather it is well established that mankind and womankind as factors of composite humanity are co-equal and that no difference in estimate is allowable for all are human The conditions in past centuries were due to woman's lack of opportunity. She was denied the right and privilege of education, and left in her undeveloped state. Naturally, she could not and did not advance. In reality, God has created all mankind, and in the estimation of God there is no distinction as to male and female. The one whose heart is pure is acceptable in his sight be that one man or woman god does not inquire art thou woman or art thou man he judges human actions if these are acceptable in the threshold of the glorious one man and woman will be equally recognized and rewarded furthermore the education of woman is more necessary and important than that of man for woman is the trainer of the child from its infancy if she be defective and imperfect herself the child will necessarily be deficient therefore imperfection of woman implies a condition of imperfection in all mankind for it is the mother who rears Nurtures and guides the growth of the child This is not the function of the father if The educator be incompetent the educated will be correspondingly lacking this is evident and incontrovertible Could the student be brilliant and accomplished if the teacher is illiterate and ignorant The mothers are the first educators of mankind if they be imperfect alas for the condition and future of the race again it is well established in history that where woman has not participated in human affairs the outcomes have never attained a state of completion and perfection on the other hand every influential undertaking of the human world wherein woman has been a participant Has attained importance. This is historically true and beyond disproof even in religion. His Holiness Jesus Christ had twelve disciples, and among his followers a woman known as Mary Magdalene. Judas Iscariot had become a traitor and hypocrite, and after the crucifixion, the remaining eleven disciples were wavering and undecided. It is certain from the evidence of the Gospels that the one who comforted them and re-established their faith was Mary Magdalene. The world of humanity consists of two factors, male and female. Each is the complement of the other. Therefore, if one is defective, the other will necessarily be incomplete, and perfection cannot be attained there is a right hand and a left hand in the human body functionally equal in service and administration if either proves defective the defect will naturally extend to the other by involving the completeness of the whole for accomplishment is not normal unless both are perfect if we say one hand is deficient we prove the inability and incapacity of the other. For single-handed there is no full accomplishment. Just as physical accomplishment is complete with two hands, so man and woman, the two factors of the social body, must be perfect. It is not natural that either should remain undeveloped. And until both are perfected, the happiness of the human world will not be realized. The most momentous question of this day is international peace and arbitration. And universal peace is impossible without universal suffrage. Children are educated by the women. The mother bears the troubles and anxieties of rearing the child undergoes the ordeal of its birth and training. Therefore it is most difficult for mothers to send those upon whom they have lavished such love and care to the battlefield. Consider a son reared and trained twenty years by a devoted mother. What sleepless nights and restless anxious days she has spent having brought him through dangers and difficulties to the age of maturity how agonizing then to sacrifice him upon the battlefield therefore the mothers will not sanction war nor be satisfied with it so it will come to pass that when women participate fully and equally in the affairs of the world Enter confidently and capably the great arena of laws and politics, war will cease. For woman will be the obstacle and hindrance to it. This is true and without doubt. It has been objected by some that woman is not equally capable with man and that she is deficient by creation. THIS IS PURE IMAGINATION. THE DIFFERENCE IN CAPABILITY BETWEEN MAN AND WOMAN IS DUE ENTIRELY TO OPPORTUNITY AND EDUCATION. Heretofore, WOMAN HAS BEEN DENIED THE RIGHT AND PRIVILEGE OF EQUAL DEVELOPMENT. IF EQUAL OPPORTUNITY BE GRANTED HER, THERE IS NO DOUBT SHE WOULD BE THE PEER OF MAN. HISTORY WILL EVIDENCE THIS. IN PAST AGES, noted women have arisen in the affairs of nations and surpassed men in their accomplishments among them was zenobia queen of the east whose capital was palmyra even to-day the site of that city bears witness to her greatness ability and sovereignty for there the traveler will find ruins of palaces and fortifications of the utmost strength and solidity built by this remarkable woman in the third century after Christ. She was the wife of the governor-general of Athens. After her husband's death, she assumed control of the government in his stead and ruled her province most efficiently. Afterward, she conquered Syria subdued egypt and founded a most wonderful kingdom with political sagacity and thoroughness the roman empire sent a great army against her when this army replete with martial splendor reached syria zenobia herself appeared upon the field leading her forces on the day of battle she arrayed herself in regal garments placed a crown upon her head, and rode forth, sword in hand, to meet the invading legions. By her courage and military strategy, the Roman army was routed and so completely dispersed that they were not able to reorganize in retreat. The government of Rome held consultation, saying, No matter what commander we send, we cannot overcome her therefore the emperor aurelian himself must go to lead the legions of rome against zenobia aurelian marched into syria with two hundred thousand soldiers the army of zenobia was greatly inferior in size the romans besieged her in palmyra two years without success finally aurelian was able to cut off the city's supply of provisions so that she and her people were compelled by starvation to surrender she was not defeated in battle aurelian carried her captive to rome on the day of his entry into the city he arranged a triumphal procession first elephants then lions tigers birds monkeys and after the monkeys zenobia a crown was upon her head a chain of gold about her neck with queenly dignity and unconscious of humiliation looking to the right and left she said verily i glory in being a woman and in having withstood the roman empire at that time the dominion of rome covered half the known earth and this chain about my neck is not a sign of humiliation but of glorification this is a symbol of my power not of my defeat among other historical women was catherine i wife of peter the great russia and turkey were at war mohammed pasha commander of the turkish forces had defeated peter and was about to take saint petersburg the russians were in a most critical position catherine the wife of peter said i will arrange this matter she had an interview with mohammed pasha negotiated a treaty of peace and induced him to turn back she saved her husband and her nation this was a great accomplishment afterward she was crowned empress of russia and ruled with wisdom until her death the discovery of america by columbus was during the reign of isabella of spain to whose intelligence and assistance this wonderful accomplishment was largely due in brief many remarkable women have appeared in the history of the world But further mention of them is not necessary. Today among the Baha'is of Persia there are many women who are the very pride and envy of the men. They are imbued with all the virtues and excellences of humanity. They are eloquent, they are poets and scholars, and embody the quintessence of humility. In political ability and acumen they have been able to cope and compete with representative men. They have consecrated their lives and forfeited their possessions in martyrdom for the sake of humanity, and the traces of their glory will last forever. The pages of the history of Persia are illumined by the lives and records of these women. The purpose, in brief, is this. That if woman be fully educated and granted her rights, she will attain the capacity for wonderful accomplishments and prove herself the equal of man. She is the coadjutor of man, his complement and helpmeet. Both are human. Both are endowed with potentialities of intelligence and embody the virtues of humanity. In all human powers and functions they are partners and co-equals. At present, in spheres of human activity, woman does not manifest her natal prerogatives owing to lack of education and opportunity. Without doubt, education will establish her equality with men. Consider the animal kingdom, where no distinction is observed between male and female. They are equal in powers and privileges. Among birds of the air, no distinction is evidenced. Their powers are equal. They dwell together in complete unity and mutual recognition of rights. Shall we not enjoy the same equality? Its absence is not befitting to mankind. End of section thirty.